0: To it sounded like a good idea at the time. The sometimes podcast dropping in when we feel like it to tell you things that we feel like telling you. My name is Caroline, and I'm Hannah, and we're so glad you joined us today.
1: Yeah, I think we could call ourselves bi weekly, but I get there's like two definitions for bi weekly. It's like
0: I cannot do a week or twice a month, and so I'm like, "Mm." I hate that. I hate like. Of all the words that we have invented that are stupid like bootylicious and others can we not create a different word that means very different things <laughs> than biweekly right. or bimonthly
1: Hate right. It. it makes biannually like right or just settle on a definition of it rather than like it could mean once every two weeks <laughs> or two times every week. Like that's not because there's
0: like a huge margin for error there. So right. if we tell exactly. you that we are bi weekly and you're expecting two podcasts a week, well, 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 quarter your expectations. Exactly.
1: <laughs> because we will be here every two to weeks. be very disappointed. <laughs> so uh, anyway. That's that little uh, little rant. <laughs> That's a good
0: little sting to get people really titillated to hear what we have to say after
1: two weeks off. <laughs> right, exactly. After spring break, um, as I was just saying to you, I am exhausted yeah. coming back from spring break. Um, usually people have spring break around this time. If you have kids in elementary, middle or high school, I think college was earlier. But if yep. you are a parent... You're probably feeling you're probably dragging. <laughs>
0: you're you have the spring
1: break hangover for sure. Right. Exactly, exactly. It's just a lot. And it does have me a touch concern for summer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just imagine it'll be like a slower drip which I'm not saying that encouragingly
1: right exactly it'll be seemingly it'll be worse so so I'll be I'll be cutting out now to look for more summer camps and you can just take it from here
0: yeah if you would like to adopt Hannah's children for the summer you can uh, dm me I'll vet you and then we'll see what happens
1: that'll be perfect I don't even I do not need to be involved
0: oh man um yeah somebody will just show up and take your kids and it'll be fine maybe I'll just send like an uber for them that's fine cool um only (laughs) well i do want to start the episode on a somber note um news broke last night that there was another police shooting or shooting by police of a black Mm -hmm. man dante wright last night um for it seems as though he he was stopped for having an air freshener hanging from his mirror, which is illegal in Minnesota. Which, first of all, Minnesota, like, really? Secondly, right. like, are, you, are you all bored and that's what you're going to stop people <laughs> for? Right. Um, of all the things that, mm-hmm. but um, it the shooting took place just miles from where George Floyd was killed last yeah. year and with the Derek Chauvin, um trial going on. on. And I saw something that was so um, profound to me. I don't know if I shared it on Instagram, but it felt very worth noting because um, the Instagram account that I've talked about quite a bit on here, I think Sharon says so does Mm -hmm. a really good job when big news breaks of, she talks a lot about um, media bias and personal bias. And so she reads um, lots of different newspapers every day. And so she Mm -hmm. showcased what each headline was from various media sources and what they chose to cover and what they didn't cover, okay. um, which is always very fascinating because obviously CNN's take is very different than Fox news's take, which is very different from the associated press and so on and so forth. Right. Um, but uh, Fox news in particular, which is no surprise um, spent a lot of time in their coverage immediately um Announcing character flaws of him, um, suspected gang member, um, outstanding warrant, which is why he was pulled over, but why it escalated because he had an outstanding warrant for something. Mm-hmm. Lots of, tons of things. And it just took me back to a few weeks ago when the George Floyd murder started. There was this profound post on Instagram talking about. Trial. Um, what you mean when the trial started? Yes. What did I say? Murder. Ah, uh, yes. Um, yes, when the trial started that it appe- it seems as though black men who are killed by police officers are really are killed twice. <laughs> their actual murder and then the entire defense appears to be breaking down their character as a means yes. to justify killing them. And it sat so heavily with me that we would use any kind of character assassination to justify the murder of another human being. Um, yeah. I don't care if they're true or if they're not true. I think if your loved one was on the other side of that gun. Um, and in this case, it appears that the officer meant to reach for a taser and shoot that, but LOL accidentally grabbed a gun, which right. there are like lots of issues with that in the first place. But just imagine like having your loved one killed right a young then, dad yes and then sitting through a trial wherein every flaw of that person is annihilated as a means to say well this was a justifiable murder most of right. the facts of which were not known before that person was killed they were pulled after the fact
1: you know right and i mean it's it's their private life like you know right. whatever has happened in your life isn't pulled up you know Mm -hmm. for the world to see and decide like if you should have lived or died but the bottom line is even like you said even if all of those things are true even if this person um Dwayne dante 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 right some someone had continued to spell it d-u-a-n oh right um on instagram and so that kept throwing me off so dante um was like had had these outstanding warrants you do not know no law enforcement officer has the right to shoot him for running away like that's not that's not how our police system should work and this is why it is so important to take this system back to the drawing board and say none of this is working like if that's true i believe it was a female officer She she was trying to taser him and instead shot him Right. No. Like, right. like that's not absolutely how this not. Works. Um that's, that's a very expensive mistake to make. And oh, yeah. so many people are now paying for it. So
0: well, and you know, one of the things that they're focusing on in the George Floyd well, the Derek Chauvin trial, I want to be sure that I point out that he is on trial and not George Floyd. Right. Um, they point out his history of substance abuse. They had his girlfriend testify. Um and one of the things they asked her was about uh George Floyd's drug use. And she admitted that They were hooked on pills and some other things, which doesn't change the end result of what happened. And I think so often, like, I think that when mass shootings happen, we're very quick to blame mental illness, which is sometimes present and is not sometimes present. Right. And in things like this, we're very quick to point to addiction as this great villainizer when it isn't that. And I was thinking about that. This is unrelated, but... I don't like the picture that is painted of someone who loves someone going through addiction. So the Daily Mail, which I like because they are, are incredibly asininely sensationalist about everything, which uh-huh. is always like an exciting read for me. They make me feel horrible about our country, pretty bad about myself, but real great about celebrities. So <laughs> that's where that is. They've been doing this bombshell series on Hunter... Biden. Um, You know, his memoir is out and they have received information that the laptop that was talked about right before the election has been authenticated and they pulled a lot of information from it. And one of the things in uh, which I was like very into, but one of the things I was reading last night and I sent you this, I don't even know if you can call it an article, but whatever they put out was text messages between Hunter and Joe when he is Hunter is clearly very, very under the influence and in mm-hmm. a very deep dark place. And one of the things they point out is in this exchange with Joe, you can tell that despite his hard nosed stance on drugs and addiction, he kowtows to his son. And it's like that is such a narrow minded way to view something like addiction because right. I think a lot of people would have a pretty hard nosed view of hard drugs and their, their accessibility. But when someone you love, not to mention your son is clearly struggling. Right. I, I think it's only natural. Like Joe's texts are very poignant. Um, he texts at one point, good morning, my beautiful son. Know that I love you today. Like very. Heart wrenching things that then Hunter like goes off on a on a rant, but it just really bothered me that this was painted as a flaw against somebody who loves someone with addiction. Same with this girlfriend of George Floyd's, and in this case, I'm sure things will, that will be brought to light about Dante Wright. It just is so deeply disturbing to me.
1: Yeah, I completely agree, and it's it's also again like in any other scenario, you know, if it were a a white man shooting, uh, like I j- just saw a news alert pop up and I don't know, <laughs> I am saying this as an example. I know nothing about it yet, but there was just a shooting today in Tennessee at a high school.
0: Yeah. In Knoxville, which is where in I'm Knoxville.
1: from. Knoxville. Yeah. And I thought of you. Um, I don't know anything about that, but in all of these shootings, it's like, oh, well, you know, just a mental illness or something like, it's interesting how things are brushed off for one community. Right. and then blamed and villainized for another community whether yep. which speaking in no way of by from myself on those topics like you know it's like mm-hmm. well that was a mentally ill individual and then it's like well he was a mentally ill individual you know what i mean regardless of yeah it, and it, it's just, you know, it's so frustrating it's it's frustrating that people don't see that narrative happening right, right in well, front and, of
0: our faces. And, well, and that we don't do more to dive into mental illness as a whole. It becomes a cop-out rather than a public policy yes. that needs to be changed. Yes. Um, because, you know, in the case, and we mentioned it really briefly because we recorded so far ahead of when the episode released about um, the Atlanta spa shootings, um, that that <laughs> the police sympathized with that shooter in a big way. Yes. And, you know, he yes. just snapped and then of course it was brought up like oh we need better treatment for mental mental illness and i agree i mean the healthcare system is incredibly broken in the resources mm-hmm. and systems and the cost of mental health is massively high to a degree that feels very insurmountable to be provided on a universal level i understand uh-huh. all of that but we also are like glossing over some other very huge issues by just saying it's mental illness because there are a lot of people who would fall under the category of mental illness, but also don't shoot people. You know what yeah, I mean? And right, so right, right. it becomes a weird, like, don't make it taboo, but also like we need to be really careful about what it is that we are truly talking about. You know, in this case, um, the Atlanta shootings, <laughs> they were quick to be like, he was a really strong Christian and it's like, mm, Okay. Maybe I'm not here to judge his spirituality or whatever, but then it was also brought up. Well, he is a sex addict, so that's something to talk about. And it's like, well, but also maybe the fetishization of Asian women is right. another huge thing that we need to talk about, not just pin it down to like, well, he was a strong Christian who had a bad day. Right. He also is addicted to sex, so that's a mental illness, therefore. Like equal, Benefit all of those of things doubt. equal yeah, mass shooting, and you know it's just, whereas like a Dante Wright, he was killed unnecessarily because an officer made a mistake grabbing a gun instead of a taser. But let's go ahead and also list all the ways that he probably deserved it. You know what I mean? Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it the pattern is white men get their futures taken care of and black men and like women a lot of times have to pay for pasts because like when um what is that douchebag's name I can't remember out in California out on the west coast who like that girl was drunk yes uh, Brock Turner 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 everyone was so concerned about his future and they're like well we don't want to ruin his future over one mistake like it's you're only ever thinking about like these perpetrators futures and you're not thinking about the victims and you know it's like well what did you do to deserve this what did you do to ask for this whether the victim is alive or dead you know right they will have to answer somehow for their crimes or their loved ones will have to or they have no answer like and by crimes i say that like your actions or lack thereof not legitimate crimes. so anyway it is it is a very it's a very just it's all upsetting
0: well, speaking of things that are upsetting, crimes that have victims, and I don't know something else that could fall in there cleverly, um, we have not yet had the chance to discuss on the podcast how right I was to not become emotionally invested in Bridgerton, um, as <laughs> as I broke the news to you that it is now a ruined show. So Which I, I just didn't believe.
1: I did not believe just, for a while.
0: I just didn't know if you wanted to discuss that. If you did not want to discuss that, I'm just leaving the door wide open for you. But remember, <laughs> I get to edit this. so Okay, okay,
1: fair enough. I will say I am very disappointed that Reggae jean Page is not coming back as the, the Duke of Hastings. However, mm-hmm. he's not... Hardly in any of the other books I've read, so it makes a lot of sense to me. And, well,
0: um, the Daily Mail just claims, I'm looking at Daily Mail right now because again, very legitimate news source. Um, sure. that they, he quit over quote, creative differences with Shonda Rhimes over his character, quote, not being the focal point of the show in season two. So it appears that Shonda is following that storyline and perhaps. He did not appreciate that.
1: Well, probably not. I mean, he blasted to fame after Bridgerton. So yes. I would, I honestly, thinking it through, would have been surprised. Like, I was wondering how they were going to play this because he, he was the focal point of season one. But the way Bridgerton is, like a lot of these romance novels that focus on like a specific set of people is like everyone else there's like one central character love story and then everything else is kind of like by the side you don't get any character development in the books of the other ones the show was different in that there was still some character development of the other like a lot of other characters but it doesn't surprise like it would almost have been like seeing i don't know like and like he's like a like he's
0: accepting big projects and stuff at this point like i would not expect him he would need like his own spinoff to end up being like true to the books i guess
1: right or like to negotiate like i think they tried to negotiate like him coming back for a few episodes and he refused Mm -hmm. so i wonder what happened there like i wonder if it was a shooting thing because i know he i read that he has like three other projects in the works right now but i i think we both read that you probably sent it to me that they're like amending everyone else's contracts. Yeah. <laughs> to say like yeah, you have ad- to
0: come back. Right, they're adding like a cameo clause because what right. apparently they're upset about is like even if he was going to have a more minor role they could have written that, but now he's just not going to be there at all and he said that he won't come back for a cameo. So now right. they're saying like if you leave, you are committed to see it off, like basically finish your story. Right, um, right. Which I think they not-
1: really should have done from the beginning, but I mean <laughs> Like, that seems to make sense to me, but I mean, I guess, I don't know, when you're doing these things, it's like, you're, well, we'll see if this is a success, I guess, you know, like, we didn't, but I'm still extremely excited for the second season and I'm excited to see, um, actress who I'm excited about and whose name I'm just blanking on. Anyway, um, I'm still super excited. I love him a lot as an actor and a person, so I will follow his career regardless. And we know that I like quite a bit of ego, so
0: (laughs) I'm fine (laughs) with that to you. (laughs) That to you is exactly right. what you wanted. You're like that. Well, that is exactly that's that's even better for me. <laughs> <laughs> like suddenly, suddenly, I'm really feeling worked up for this guy more than right. I did before. So now I will be sending fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm busy again, having zero investment in the show. Following the rumors that Phoebe Dinnevor is dating Pete Davidson, so that's what oh, I'm really paying attention to. I know. To.
1: <laughs> I know. I I don't understand. Pete Davidson must be incredible. Like I just don't <laughs>
0: It's I the only it's it. the only answer. It's the only explanation. If you have a real thing for Pete Davidson, I truly want you to tell me about it. Because I don't get it. Right. I don't think.
1: Um because I've seen a lot of his skits and it's not my favorite like humor. Obviously it is a lot of people's. So I'm just like, what are how are you? <laughs> yeah are you doing this because he was also dating i was gonna say well he has a type but no because he was dating kate beckinsale right
0: yeah yeah uh, well and, dating is probably like a strong word but yeah right they went on dates or they, they were friends or something
1: well they were like making out in public so uh, no
0: that's what <laughs> like, that was my euphemism for friends oh, okay friends with benefits is what you were sure.
1: yeah. anyway um yeah i don't know i mean good for pete I guess I'm just I I just have a, I have questions.
0: Yeah, so. um, yeah, that is true. Well, uh, do you want to talk about some of the books you've been reading? Because I know you've been pretty excited about them.
1: Uh, yes. Okay. So this is something I have not been able to say in front of um, Snapchat Amy on video. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. She. I asked her for like a like a filler book, not a filler book, like a lighthearted book, more lighthearted. Mm-hmm to read to listen to an audiobook because we had you and I and our other good friend went on a short spring break trip with our kids and um I needed something to listen to in the car and I she was holding out some very big hopes that this would be my foray into the audiobook world (laughs) yeah (laughs) which as as I have said before there are some audiobooks that I like and I have gotten into to some but the I just I cannot. I've got to read it. The only time I want to listen to an audiobook is when I'm driving. That's that's yeah. where I've that's where I've landed. And I liked her recommendation, and it was um, "Winter in Paradise" by Ellen Hildebrand. Um, mm-hmm. And I have more a little more detailed critique of that book. But as far as the audiobook format, I have to say I'm I'm only a
0: convert when I'm driving the car. Okay, well that's a half convert. That's like being half that half it's convert. Something. Yes, it's something. It, it,
1: I didn't feel like it was the enthusiasm Amy was looking for. So that's why I'm uh, well, telling you to know her she this way.
0: Yeah, that's good. Cause she may not listen to this for weeks and by then it'll be, you'll have made right. her mad about something else. So that's fair. Exactly. Exactly. I appreciate um,
1: that. But the books are good. So it's a first of a trilogy, which I liked because I like being able to have a little bit more of a storyline yeah. uh, to get into, but, and I can't tell how much of this is the narrator. Um, and how much of it is the book it's a little there's no tension like oh and got I, it. I did say I, I did tell her i wanted a book with like grown-ups <laughs> yeah um like i don't want like 17 year olds
0: f- yeah. falling in love weird but, like voyeuristic thing of like right children. right <laughs> right but
1: at the same time this one like everyone falls in love at first sight and is like obsessively
0: in love at first sight
1: yeah to the i point have a, where, a
0: difficult time with that
1: and um one character is a like step grandfather to another character a young girl and he's clearly like a very good grandfather and he has a good relationship but the amount of times the author chooses to say she is his world he will do anything for her he will always be her person and she will be i'm like Okay,
0: like settle down. <laughs> You're gonna down. need to calm down a little bit,
1: <laughs> right? There's a lot of times where it's like you went too far. Like, s- show it, don't say it, basically, because yeah. um, huh. there's just no no tension building. Like everything is right out in the open, and also, like we get it, grandparents love their grandchildren it's it was it's 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 a lot and then some of her characters one of them has unique names and the amount of times that another character repeats that name to me is very distracting
0: you know it's funny i think audiobooks what i don't there are several things i don't love about them when they're not really reading two they are
1: <laughs> tell can that be, to my good read list
0: <laughs> they can be like bad community theater if they're not done well like i do not oh. like when like I wish they could just hire multiple people because like I was listening to one trying to and was so distracted. I think it was the book yeah. The Caretakers, which I ultimately really liked. But the yeah. narrator was like trying to put on different voices for a young girl, like talking like a little girl, which was creepy, and right. a man and an old lady and a regular lady. And it was just I it was such a turn off for me. Um yeah. so that's gotta change. And, yeah, and what yeah. I was what I originally started to say was I think some of the dialogue tropes become so much more apparent, like yes. like frequency of direct address that when you're reading it, you can kind of gloss over. But when you hear it, it is really stand out.
1: Yeah, that, I, I agree completely. Um, So that's what I'm into now. I am finishing it because the other thing is I'm like, is this a mystery? Is it a love story or is it just like a coming of age book? It's kind of hard to tell. It's almost Got like... It. She didn't, the author didn't quite settle, but I'm still into it. And it's definitely like a good lighthearted read that you're like, well, I want to find out what happens. Um, So I do recommend it for that reason. Oh, well, that's and, good. Yeah. And I don't think, I think that's the only thing I've been reading since we last recorded and I was reading like 20 books Um, because I've also gotten into the show called Crime Scene. The...
0: disappearance at the Cecil Hotel. Okay, well, when I'm mad at you right now that you didn't tell me about it, but our friend Lauren told me about it, and I didn't realize you were watching it ahead of me.
1: She told me about it, so... I decided to finally start watching because I heard her telling you about it, and I'm like, "Well, now Caroline's going to watch. I'm not going to know what's going on." This and feels so sneaky. I hate. It, this. And now I know, and I'm ahead of the game. Gross. But at this point, that my whole problem with these, like, did you or like these big mystery shows is it's like I've been played one too many times. Like with that one, <laughs> that one <pot>, uh, S Town. <laughs> Clear oh, yeah. alert for s <laughs> found in the next 30 seconds. Skip <laughs> ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to hear. But that podcast was so enthralling to me. And then at the end, zero questions are answered. And it's like, we still don't know. A treasure might be buried somewhere. Ah! And like um, all of these like, history documentaries that are like did we just discover nefertiti's tomb and at the end they're like we (laughs) may never know and i'm so i I, at this point i'm about halfway there's only four episodes so i'm like all right this is not a significant time in my life but i'm getting to the antsy feeling of like am i gonna know at the end what happened to elisa am i gonna hate this or am i not right right yeah so that's where i'm at now and i almost want to text lauren and say just tell me if I get an answer at the end
0: (laughs) okay that's how I felt um oh gosh now I'm gonna really hate myself for not immediately recalling this girl well first of all that's how I feel about every single John Monet special that I watch and I do watch all of them and I'm like (laughs) just come out and say it was Burke like we know that it was don't like tell me that there are other options like let's just say it was Burke um and they never do and there really is never actually any new information so that's how I feel about that and then, uh, why can I not think of her name? Oh, Madeline, uh, Madeline, Madeline, mm-hmm. the little girl who went missing in Portugal. She's from England. Um, McCain. In a hotel. Yes, Madeline McCain. The one who
1: was like sleeping and her parents were yes, downstairs. And she's so
0: beautiful and she's so cute. Yes, they were at a resort yeah. restaurant. Yeah, I
1: think McCain or McLean, something like that.
0: Something like that. Um, now I'm going to look it up. But Me too. I watched an entire series that, Was so good, McCann, McCann, McCann. All right, Madeline McCann. I was heavily invested. I read every single news update about her, and so there was this show called "Disappearance of Madeline McCann." That it was like oh, so gripping and very sad and very hard to watch, and it left me at the end with literally nothing. I was Uh, like. And I know there's nothing. Like, I shouldn't have been surprised because I knew there was nothing. Right. Like, like, i read it. A news article. Right. Like, obviously, I follow all of anything that's breaking. Right. And I was like, do I hate myself for watching this? Like, what was my takeaway here? I'm just now extra sad. <laughs> I don't right. know, but I couldn't stop watching it.
1: I know. And that's how I feel about this. And it was something that took place enough years ago, and I haven't Googled it yet, but I'm like, okay. This could have been solved and I just I never would have I mean this I think oh, it took yeah. place in 2012. So I'm like, how much more time am I gonna invest before I know if this is a big waste of my
0: time? That's like <laughs> um Natalie Holloway. I think I watched something on her, you know, who went missing in Aruba on spring break. Yes. But I'm like forever like I I know that this is gonna end with us not knowing. I'm very right. well aware of this, but I just I know that I should watch it. Right.
1: Why are yeah. we doing this to ourselves?
0: Oh man. Well, I have been reading um I know I've mentioned for weeks at a time, like every single Minka Kent book that I can get my hands on. Um, And I <laughs> I love them, but I was telling you yesterday. So I discovered some other books by somebody named Sunday Tomasetti, who is actually is Minka Kent. It's an alias that she writes under. I have not figured out why, but whatever. Um, And I finished one called The Trophy Wife that I think every single person should read because it is so good. Like I gasped in it. But then I realized it's like the third book wherein she uses (laughs) the exact same like twist, but she does it so well that every time I'm like, (gasps) Are you kidding? kidding. (laughs) And I don't want to spoil it here, but if you've read them, please let me know because it is such a specific trick that she does every time, and I'm like, "Not again! You are kidding me!" And I'm cool. like, "I need to stop." You have gotten, me again, gotten <laughs> me again, Minka. You know, I like fell for it again. Um, right, which I used, to, I shouldn't be surprised in that of myself. I used to read this author um, <laughs> named Lurlene McDaniel that okay. are like, okay, every single one. This is when I was like nine. Or eight, eight or nine, and was like flying through any book I could get my hands on at Media Play when we would go. And every single, every single book is about somebody dying. They're like, don't die, my love. Oh, gosh. Love after death, baby. Annie is dying like they're all so specific and every time I would get to the end and I'm like they really died like I couldn't handle it and I'm like this is no surprise at this point <laughs> Like this right. is how they end but I was hooked on them so then I, I looked them up recently and it's like that is what she like wrote them to help children deal with death which I had not experienced but boy did I did I dig into her work <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> that's so, so thank you, interesting Leigh. yeah That's so interesting. Lurleen, you have done. uh, (laughs) You've done done us us proud, Lurleen. Right, exactly. Um, Well, should we take a
0: quick break? Yeah, let's do it. Well, we started this episode by letting you know how white men continue to win, but we felt like it would be important today to talk about um, the state of women as we know it. And it has been a real interesting couple of weeks for, for ladies. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. Um, what really kicked us off, there are two main breaking points, not breaking uh-huh. points. There are two, I don't know the right terminology, but... You know, we've talked on this podcast before that neither of us are big Rachel Hollis fans. Would you agree right. that that is true? Yes, for sure. Um, well, thankfully, we were right. And we shouldn't have ever been her fan because she really stepped in. Um, it. <laughs> in a real pile the last few weeks. Um, so if you aren't familiar with Rachel Hollis, which I Doubt that anyone is not familiar. She um, pushes a real brand of hustle culture that I really... Yeah. Never been a fan of. Like, she's very into, like, boss babe life and, like, side hustle stuff that really drives me crazy. She's she's
1: also huge in um, the MLM world as well. Like, she's spoken at a lot of conferences and very much like, we can all do this girl power kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And basically, like, if... The only thing keeping you back is not working hard enough. Is essentially yeah. like what it's down to. Um, she kind of hit some. I became more interested in her um, when she filed for divorce for her, from her husband uh, right before the pandemic. I feel like it was like era. right.
1: It was early summer of the pandemic because I remember this because we were looking at Jen Hatmaker stories in July.
0: Oh, okay, and, yes. and they had
1: filed for divorce in June.
0: Yes, that's right. Because they were very close together, like yes. a couple of weeks apart. Um And then at the same time, she was like, oh, and by the way, I already have a book written about it. So you can check that out. Right. Th- here, you know, like, or I'm finishing a book about it. Um, right. It's very opportunist seeming. Well, and additionally, she's built her brand with her husband on here's right. how great our marriage is. And on one hand, I was like, well, what a great opportunity to really be truly transparent, not make-believe transparent but truly transparent at the same time you've been she mentioned in a quote I can't remember if it was her or her husband who that they presented the divorce very differently Um, where he was basically like I was blindsided like I thought that we were working on the things that we've had issues on but she's like we've had issues for like 10 years but they were monetizing look how great our marriage is which is a really sticky situation And then she kind of moved into this space even. And I don't follow her because I refuse to give her a follow, but I do check in on her um, stories every now and then. And her husband, Dave, kind of presented himself as very, what was me, but here's how empowered I am to get past this divorce I didn't want. And she was almost like fingers in the air. I don't care. This is what I'm doing, which was very (laughs) off-putting, you know? Um, Right. So a couple of weeks ago, uh Now, she posted an Instagram story talking about the woman who cleans her toilets uh two days a week or something like that. She made some insensitive comment about her cleaning lady and people called her out in her comments about it. Um And it was not that she has someone cleaning her toilets. It was how disrespectful she referred to her cleaning lady, like almost as a lesser person, you know, so... <laughs> as any As any good social media guru would do, she came out with a very defensive video saying that never in her life does she want to be relatable to someone, and the reason that she can afford to have someone clean her toilets as many days a week as she wants to is because she wakes up at four a m and works harder than anyone else. Then she proceeds to name many women who also are not right. relatable, like she is, such as Harriet Tubman Malala. Like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Speak, yes. That you're like, yes, you would be on the Mount Rushmore of all of those people. Right. right. I'm saying Malala,
1: Harriet Tubman, and <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg and all these the other women like, she Oprah. mentioned. Like yes. there are just so
0: many. That, and I Maya would Angelou. Also put
1: you, yes, my Angelou. That was I would also say Rachel Hollis, like Right. The person who is maybe one of the more controversial figures in white womanhood.
0: <laughs> well her comments like blew up because it's like interesting that you would say that you would list these people when you've also plagiarized from all of them. Yes. Because like it was kind of swept under the rug, like all of her plagiarism that came to light of women of color and others. Um, so again, as any good social media guru would do, she turned off comments and deleted comments that were criticizing her. Which then, she
1: does. Yes. She has consistently done that. Just deleted everything and ignored it and moved Which past.
0: Which is my favorite influencer move. Because it's like, right. you know, this does this makes you look way worse. Right. So then she came out over the weekend or while we were on spring break <laughs> with a statement that threw her team under the bus in Totally. totally a big way where she was like, they told me to ignore it. They told me to turn off comments. And she, her team had deleted comments from like Lovey and some other Rachel Car- McCargle or Rachel Cargill Cargle, yeah. Yes. And um, that they had just been deleted and removed from all comments. And, but she again moved into this, like, I'm sorry that you're offended that I have a cleaning lady. And it's like, you are so. So no, right. missing the point. You're right. and you continue to double down on missing the point. And, and, and just,
1: passing blame to everyone else always. Yes.
0: And it was just such this highlight of the toxicity of hustle culture that she is a poster child for. Like I would put her on that page. Right. Um and the blindness that so many white women have toward their inherent privilege. Because right. it just like I can imagine. I cannot imagine being somebody who wakes up at 4 a.m. to work two jobs as a single mother to provide for my family and seeing something like that when she's like, "Well, the reason that I have all this is because I work harder than everyone else." When that isn't, it isn't the case. It's right. just period, not the case. Um, it's it's really prosperity gospel of her, Yes. and
1: it's it feeds into the narrative that all you have to do is pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And we've both discussed on this podcast many times why that is not true and why poverty and not even poverty, but just general middle-classness is very hard to get out of and, Mm -hmm. um, specifically poverty. But like that is not what will happen if I start waking up tomorrow at 4 AM and working hard for a little while. Like the privileges, Gross, and it's not just the privilege because it's one thing to have it, but y- the unawareness—like she yeah, has they- no idea—and she's grouping herself in with all these other women, and then later came to say, "Oh my gosh, you guys can't possibly think I meant to say that I was like them. No, not yeah, at all. But know, so sorry, like, you misread my statement. Exactly. To say, like, but like, no, you one hundred percent quoted. You said." What about my life makes me think I want to be approachable? Were these other women wanting to be approachable? And right. it's like, so you, your first instinct was to put them down. Right. As, like, well, the, and the thing the is, the so example. many,
0: so many of those women, I think that she also um, put Rosa Parks on there, and I could be wrong, but... I think so. Many of those women worked hard in order that the life experience that their future generations would be a relatable existence. Like... Oh, solid point. Harriet Tubman fought for freedom so that she might not be relatable, but everyone that she was fighting for would be that it would be a relatable experience for Black women to not be enslaved, you know? like right. right. So, and, and again... She has based her teaching on women need to stop apologizing, women need to own their truths and whatever other bullshit is part of that. But instead of it, it's become a toxic entitlement syndrome. And I think that this was very um, illustrative of that, that Uh she couldn't she had to place blame everywhere else on the people viewing her story on her team on right her messages were very aggressive they were very (laughs) aggressive and it felt like where do you go from here and then the number of people who were like you don't need to apologize we know you girl and it's like right "Mm." but well and again you don't know
1: her right you you don't know this person and then um i sent you You just a little bit ago (laughs) right and I mean, she shows you what she wants to show you and has just now told you, you don't know everything. Like she yeah. came, she came out and said at some point to, to people asking for details about her divorce, like, you're not entitled to this. Why do you think you should ask? This is rude. But this is, I mean, it's the confusing part of being a lifestyle influencer. Like yeah. you are putting your whole, if there are parts of your life that you're putting out there, I find it. I find it a little ironic to get offended and upset when people feel um, entitled to n- like, well, wait, what happened there? Because like you have been offering it for free. Like you can say no, that's fine. But you can't get upset
0: because people are asking. Right. Like there's an influencer I follow. Um, she's a, a local influencer, but has a huge following. Um And her, she's a daughter of someone who also has a massive following who is very clearly going through a divorce or other issues. But she's made this, this lifestyle brand out of her family and this perfect family and showing like, look how great we are. But then when people started to ask if things were okay so many people were like you're not allowed to ask that and it's like no they were able to afford this lifestyle because of the way they monetized it and you paid them to do that so right as as almost like a stockholder in their company yeah. you do you do deserve some type of explanation uh instead of vague gramming like it's been a really hard season like right I and i mean know, you're, selling- you're still you're still doing swipe ups for like journals to get you through this and it's like right yeah, you're, you-
1: you're selling your life as something right. to follow so you deserve you have to give people a reason
0: otherwise don't yeah. do that like make that right. choice yeah, but it's a very blurry line. And right. we we can segue this into um talking about Chloe Kardashian who is the other person that I wanted to talk talk about in terms of the way that they have presented their life on social media in who gets the final say when you have put a price tag on your identity, which is ultimately what has happened here. Um right. And what what point do you get to pull back on that? You know what I mean? So Rachel obviously botched it and will continue to. I have zero hope for that. Yeah, I have zero expectation of that improving even a little bit. What I assume will happen is she will have another Black influencer on to make her feel better (laughs) about herself and present it as she's an ally to people of color. That's what I assume would be her next step because I think maybe at this point she would have hired somebody who would advise that. But it will feel very very uh disingenuous to me
1: right i mean i can't imagine she has the same team because she literally just threw all of them under the bus like if they're still working for her p-
0: can you imagine have be- have better self uh worth than that please if, yeah if you have been on rachel Hollis's team please come talk to us on the podcast i have questions for you <laughs> so yes, come, like come come hear how valuable you are and let us talk to right you we'll podcast. let you be anonymous <laughs> <laughs> yes just whatever come here um right okay so let's talk about chloe a little bit um yes. so, want to give a little background yeah so i had originally missed this which i will forever be disappointed in myself about but snapchat amy let me know and sent it to both of us that, yeah, she let both of us know and then was riding that uh pretty high horse for a while about yeah, she was knowing being the real we did she was being a real hollis about it am i right uh, definitely <laughs> um, definitely love that so yeah if you missed it uh last week i guess I I was just laughing about the whole thing in some ways that it appears that Chloe's grandmother posted a picture of Chloe beside the pool that was an unauthorized image of Chloe to be posted on social media where she looks fantastic, but she does not look at all as she... P- appears on her own channel pretty
1: natural and also i do love that um unauthorized is a is a thing like for your
0: grandmother taking a picture (laughs) right so and also like how sweet that your grandmother would take a picture of you poolside and post it on her instagram for like her friends to see exactly and
1: she's like talking about how beautiful she is and yeah bragging on her and it was a beautiful
0: picture yeah, Chloe's body looks great, but it doesn't look um as defined as it does on her pieces. Her face looks like her original face, which I say that with kind of a question mark, because she's been posting increasingly filtered photos of her face that have people like, what work did you do? Because this does not look like you. But this
1: well, picture did like put her. up not not even just work, just extreme filter. Like there was one a couple of photos she put up on her Instagram and then pe- it was during um, a filming of the like confessional on the show. And then when people compared her Instagram picture with the way she looked on the show, it was like two different people.
0: Yeah, totally. So then her team and I was reading this whole thing. I don't know if it was on Demois or somebody else like sharing about how this team went into overdrive led by Kim, which cracks me mm-hmm. up to yes, truly. Get- Get this picture removed from the internet for Chloe. And it kind of created a lot of like humorous memes, but at the core was really bizarrely sad that they would work so hard to remove something that was posted by her grandmother of her. You know what I mean? Like it was just very weird. Well, then. Chloe came out with a statement and a series of photos and videos that left me feeling very conflicted about how I felt about it. So, yeah, she did some live videos to show that her body that she posts uh on her pages isn't photoshopped, it's not it's it's what her body looks like. Um and it looks again amazing, there's no question about it. Then she posts a long, I don't know, series of typography of a statement of right. the pressure that she lives under um, where she's like, this is me. This is my body unretouched and unfiltered. Um, the photo that was posted that this week was beautiful. But as someone who struggled with body image her whole life, when someone takes a photo of you that isn't flattering or in bad lighting or doesn't capture your body the way it is after working so hard to get it, then shares it to the world, you should have every right to ask for it to not be shared regardless of who you are. Then she talks about the pressure and constant ridicule um, that she's under about her body and generally as Chloe, the fat sister, the one who probably has a different dad, the one who's had plastic surgery. Um, And I just was left feeling so like, how do I feel about this? (laughs) Because I felt like it was very vulnerable what she said, but at the same time, it's also very sad that in this post, she's continuing to prove like, no, my body really does look like this in that... It couldn't not look like this and still be as valuable. You know what I mean? Because that's right. a problematic thing too.
1: Yeah, she's really giving it more credence. Like she I, I felt for her when she wrote all that. Yeah. Um, and then I also thought, okay, but you're also telling people like, see, 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 you're wrong like let me show you, you're wrong. Right. Um like this is how I really look, I promise. Like, don't think that I look like, you know, something else because I don't. So there's that which
0: is, yeah, it was a weird paradox of like you're saying it's fine because it is beautiful and you look that way, but you're also trying to prove you don't look that way. So right. so do you where does it land? don't
1: really think it's fine and also um a perspective that I really liked and I was just looking back um in our group chat to try and find it and I don't know where it was. Um someone was writing for an opinion piece for BuzzFeed. <laughs> Most of them are. Of it was not Buzzfeed news. <laughs> it was just Buzzfeed. Um, writing about how. Oh, I found it. Um, um, and I will tell the author's name. And actually, let me just scroll down to that now. Uh, Ade Ade Onibada, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, wrote for Buzzfeed. Chloe has marketed everything from weight loss shakes to waist trainers all in the mm-hmm. name of a dollar. She has lamented the pressure of being perfect while not acknowledging the ways in which the Kardashian-Jenner collective have shaped the standard as we know them today. Yet where there is an economic incentive, Chloe doesn't seem to mind contributing to a culture of perfectionism where wastes are expected to be cinched and weight loss shakes replace food. Um, and then, of course, she goes on to say like mental illness and all like aside, you know, this doesn't just because you're a rich person doesn't mean you can't have like these issues mentally but you also like are very have a ton of access to fixing what you would deem wrong with you like fixing these problems that you perceive in yourself Mm -hmm. and that's like the thing that they don't own up to i mean like rachel hollis like yes you're not providing a way for women to truly love themselves but that's like what you're selling and for both of these people mm-hmm. in, in different ways i would say like both of them are where they are today because of women and i i just feel like are kind of doing a disservice to women along the way
0: yeah i feel like rachel's brand in this case and chloe's differently, but Rachel's has been based on being relatable and now she's saying that she would never want that. Chloe has built her brand on being weird flex. Yeah, (laughs) it is. weird, Weird thing to say in general. Yeah, let's just like uh TLDR, we do not like Rachel Hollis. But Chloe, um, right, right. I do like a lot. And I do like the Kardashians a lot. And I'll never apologize for that. But right. she has made her brand on being aspirational through her fitness journey, through lots of different things, and is continuing to do that, but in a way that is troublesome in that, can't we all relate to all the pressure? Also, I want to p- remove everything that isn't perfect how I want it. And it's... It has left me just very confused in how I feel other than sad for her because what a trap way to live. And I think that that article that you just read is spot on uh, that again, when you monetize your life to other people, you have sold part of yourself, (laughs) you know, that I just, it's a very tricky line. And I think that we're going to continue to see that more and more and more with influencer culture.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I did, it's it's hard for me to feel sorry. When I read her perspective, I did feel sorry for her in that way. But also being fully aware that they are a machine. And oh, for sure. I'm just like, in a weird way, like, if you feel bad and this is what you struggle with, how much of it, since you open your whole life up to the public, how much do you owe to the public of handling it honestly? Like how much can we fault you for not being fully honest when that's what you've promised us in a way and and that you continue to do so and that you're not drawing a boundary and saying like, because of this, I will no longer be doing the following. Like you're pretending to offer everything, but then not really offering it. So it's just very confusing. Like either you
0: are cool with it or you're not either. You can but own that's it or where, you can't. That's where I end up sad for her because I'm not, I feel like she has painted herself into such a trap internally that she feels like she has to say that's beautiful, but clearly she doesn't think that it is, you know? Um, right. And, you know, we read that thing that I think I shared with you of this woman posted about, um, she made a commitment that every single photo she would say yes to pictures of herself taken, and every single one she would compliment about herself. Yes, it was
1: so good in front of her kids. Was
0: so great, like and that. Ultimately, that's it's been like three years now, and she truly believes what she says now. Um, uh, right, and it I was think very. It it. Yeah, it was very empowering and very inspiring. And I contrast that with this from Chloe, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, that is so sticky. Yeah
1: yeah exactly and i don't think it's it's again another thing where it's like i i don't think that there's like one specific thing neither of these women could do anything to make me think oh good okay we're all good like right 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 nor nor do they owe me as a single person that <laughs> i just think i don't as know rachel women,
0: owes us a big apology
1: she owes the world an apology but <laughs> as women it's just like you're doing all of us a disservice i I don't think you're trying to. Again, I'm talking to Chloe because I do like Chloe. I do not like Rachel. (laughs) I don't think you're trying to. I think that you're trying to be the best mom you can be. And Mm -hmm. I also think, like, you know, she was pretty young when all the fame around the Kardashians started. Like,
0: yeah, and she was pretty peripheral to the initial
1: machine being around Kim. Right. So it's not even like, it's not even like you can say, like, you chose this. Like, "Mm, probably not. But, it it's it's it, it's just very complicated and very much like
0: uh, this isn't a good look. Yeah, totally. Um well what where does that leave women consuming uh content? I want to point out if you have not listened, I think that we mentioned it when um other Amy was here, um OG Amy, the podcast mm-hmm. um now I can't think of the name of it. Under the influence by Joe Piazza, who's an author and she took on a podcast all about basically the business of influencing as. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to listen to that. And it is fascinating. So if you haven't listened to that, please do. Um, and I forgot to mention the other person who is making big waves this week who, and I always forget to talk about her, but Taylor Swift, on the other hand, is showing what an empowered doing, life, doing like.
1: absolutely, doing absolutely no wrong, and continuing to show that
0: she can still—I don't know—just do all the things. Who released her re-recorded versions, Taylor's version of um, her album *Fearless*, as well as from some songs that she had never um, released publicly before after her um, masters were sold multiple times and would be benefiting Scooter Braun, who she refuses to be a part of his business. Um, And I feel like we've talked about it a little bit before. She is just such an example of empowerment, authenticity. And I know she's a business too. So I know that authenticity comes with an asterisk of what she wants us to see authentically about her. But um True. I listened to a podcast that I want everyone to listen to called the podcast itself is Ringer Dish, but there are a handful of episodes um where they break down every single Taylor Swift album and I could not get enough of them. And it led to me buying like her whole catalog, but making sure that oh, I was doing it to benefit her. Um, right? But I think the journey she's been on and what she has chosen to reveal about herself and the way that she's done it well and not well has been really inspiring. So I was thrilled to download taylor's version of fearless this week um and to see the differences that she has grown in vocally and musically from the time that she recorded them when she was like 16 because can you imagine like re-recording songs you wrote at 16 when you're in your 30s like that's so crazy um but she sounds wonderful and i love how she's reclaiming her space there so she's doing it well
1: yeah i totally agree um and i think i saw um an Instagram account we fo- I follow and I've sent you several posts in the past um formerly called uh artist mom formerly formerly foster moms then I think artist mom and then now she's Alderton Media Group um I believe and she's just talking about like building her she's been talking a lot about building her business and brand and then she put up a post that was just very raw and it was about you know I took a break but honestly it felt more like walking away because like what are we doing here like on Instagram like you know I know I know there are ways to use this platform but like for what like it's all so um uh I'm paraphrasing her and I'm trying to think of the right the right word that but you know like it's all it's all an ad for something. It's all, it's all a highlight reel for something. So like, is it really doing good? I like, I don't know. I prefer to stay, I'm just not spending too much time on Instagram lately. Like not even scrolling casually, not to say I'm not spending time on my phone (laughs) because I am, but um, I'm just like, I don't know. I, it's something, something I'm not loving about it. Like, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know that I, I like this highlight reel that much right now.
0: Yeah, you really need to listen to Joe's podcast Under the Influence. Uh, I thought about you so often when I was listening to it because I think it aligns with discussions we've had here, discussions we've had together. And there's an episode specifically about um, how influencers use their kids in ad campaigns and otherwise to build their brands that I think is very um, worthwhile for everyone to take a listen to if you have kids that you do or don't share on social media. It was enlightening. Okay, well, I'm downloading the podcast right now, or subscribing, or whatever.
1: No, wait, that's or whatever. Not the right as one. if you don't know how podcasts work. <laughs> well, I just realized it's not the right one. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot called under the influence.
0: What is it? It's called oh, under the influence. Yeah, Joe Piazza. Is that the title? And it turns Joe? out I've actually read. Yeah joe piazza J O P I under the influence with joe piazza is the whole, ti- whole title
1: if you're looking and like me we're confused with all the other ones so <laughs> well it's, she's also a novelist
0: it turns out that i've read like all of her novels so i was i didn't realize that and then in an episode she mentioned one of her books and i was like oh i should check this out and i've read them all so big fan big yeah fan. I was going to say the
1: name sounds familiar and now I want to look it up. Joe Piazza. Let's see. Hmm. Doesn't look like I She's a read lot of them, really but good, like,
0: read... yeah, she's got a lot of really good, like, chick lit, fluffy reads, but they're really perfect. good. Okay. Fitness well, I'll Junkie have to is read what these. I would start with.
1: Oh, perfect. Good to know. Okay.
0: Cool. And in light of our conversation about Chloe and Rachel, actually, that is where you should dive in. Um, Cool. But I think that it's something that we will continue to evaluate on the state of women. But I would say maybe it wasn't a great week for (laughs) the culture of women on Instagram. Thanks to our friends, Rachel and Chloe. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, good good talk about the state of women <laughs> i've got some good reps. <laughs> sorry it wasn't yeah sorry it wasn't like a more of a hype one but hey you guys are doing great
1: <laughs> <laughs> right exactly uh well this book i've just rented fitness junkie i have a new podcast so yeah, we'll be we'll be ready in, in a, uh two weeks the next bi-weekly yeah, event back. give
0: us right. a right give us a book report and i will try to think of new things for you to consume then perfect perfect all right well all right find us here in two weeks and until then rate review share subscribe you know the deal uh but wash your face and stop apologizing like our friend rachel says <laughs> <laughs> uh